0: Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith, and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Sherrod and Chris Legg. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome to the Reconstructed Faith podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, and in studio are some of my regular partners in crime, and one one new guest, but it's a full uh, it's a full studio today. Chris Leg is out, out. Uh, but we have Chris Chris Sherrod is in. Hey Chris, howdy. And we have Bryn Starnes back again. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. Wonderful. And a guest appearance is Lainey Buchanan. Hello. Thank you for being here, Lainey.
1: So happy to be here.
0: Wonderful. Well, we've talked a little bit kind of referencing a conversation that we've wanted to have with Lani for a while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Just about her story and kind of how um, we reference things, people like Bart Ehrman and facts and truth and whatever. Um, And so I'm going to throw it over to Chris Sherrod first. And can you just kind of kick off the conversation for us? I'd be happy to. So...
2: Seven years ago now? What are really? we saying? Eight years ago? Goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was teaching the Forge, which is um, a one-year discipleship program that uh, Pineco does. And I teach apologetics. So do different topics, um, God, the Bible, Jesus, creation, things like that. And uh, Laney was a student there. Um, this would have been your junior year? Right mm-hmm. after yes. your junior year of college.
1: Or, yeah, during my junior year yeah, yeah. I did okay. this.
2: So I was just going through my notes as usual, teaching on the reliability of the Bible and how it's not the telephone game and like manuscript evidence is actually really strong in favor of what we have today. And I just remember looking down and seeing Lainey crying, like seeing tears coming down her face. And I'm thinking, what did I say? Like, (laughs) is she having a bad day? Like, I didn't know what was going on. Um, But anyways, afterwards, I I don't know if I came up to you or, or called you up or whatever, but I just said are you okay? Like what, what was Mm -hmm. going on there? So walk us through that. What was, what were you feeling then? And then Uh back up and tell us what had led you to that point.
1: Sure. Yeah. What I was feeling then, I remember the timing of your apologetics class was, I think it was a, it was either a Monday or Wednesday in the morning. And a year before that, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, around the same time I had been in Bart Ehrman's New Testament class at UNC. Um, and I remember sitting in your class, hearing all of the reasons for the reliability of scripture, um, and just kind of crying in thankfulness that I was getting to hear the, the opposite side of um, what I had been hearing the year previously, yeah. and also just feeling um, so deeply for my friends who I knew were in Bart Ehrman's class while I was sitting in a totally different uh, wow. setting. Yeah. Um, getting to experience good academic truth about the reliability of Scripture.
2: So. Okay. Well, so back up, so you, wh- what were you doing? Why were you in his class every, that was just a class you had to take, or you were?
1: Yes, yeah, so... Um, where were you? Yeah, I was in, I was at UNC, I was a sophomore, and um, I had signed up for Bart Ehrman's New Testament class, mm-hmm. um, and I took that class, I think, kind of as a challenge. Um a lot of my friends were taking it, and I was a religious studies minor at the time. So, I just signed up because a lot of my friends were doing it, um, and I had no idea what I was getting myself <laughs> into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about it? Yeah. let Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, Tell us he,
2: what he taught, like, so, so people know. Because some people sure. listening will know mm-hmm. Bart Ehrman, some uh, people won't know.
1: Yeah. He um, He is an American scholar in New Testament, and he specializes in... Textual criticism mm-hmm. and who Jesus is, the origins of Christianity, all of that. One of the leading scholars, if yep. not the leading scholar. Yep. Um, he writes the textbooks for all liberal universities for Old Testament, New Testament. The textbook I was using in his class was written by him. Mm. Um,
2: Which one was it? You know,
1: I, I just remember it being called New Testament, so okay. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I say that is, yeah.
2: ironically, he wrote one with Bruce Metzger,
1: that the Duke. Uh, I'm sorry. not sure
2: where he's from, but uh, it's called the Text of the New Testament, and it's actually really in favor of huh. reliability. And so it's so ironic that Bruce is very conservative, and and then Bart though co-wrote with him and knows all the he knows all the facts. Right. It's more of how they're presented. But that's sure. the book that got him famous was called Misquoting Jesus. That's yeah. kind of kicked off his whole popularity. And so
0: and is his whole thing that it, there is no reliability, or what what was that like? I guess what yeah. is it and then what was that like yeah being a student under him yeah. being a believer
1: yeah so he he actually um claimed to be or walk with Jesus for a long time he I think came into the Lord I can't remember his full story he shared bits and pieces throughout but um he went to Moody Bible Institute for a while mm-hmm. he uh, yeah he actually led his mom to the Lord and then came to UNC to teach, if I remember correctly, I could have some of this wrong, um, but came to UNC to teach because it is such a liberal campus, and he thought, I'll evangelize here, wow. Wow. Um, but through his study of scripture and textual criticism, as he applied it to scripture and all of that, um, he uh, renounced faith, and, and I think would say he's an atheist agnostic, or yeah. s- some combination Which of those words. Which is so
2: funny to say you're both, but yeah,
1: yeah. that's what he says now. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: but he still teaches.
1: Mm-hmm. New, if you want to take New Testament or Old Testament at UNC, it's his, yeah, yeah. he's the professor. And then wow. I imagine most liberal universities, you're using his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's he's so brilliant and charismatic. And um, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Do you remember? What? In the 1940s. Okay.
2: 1948, 47, 48. There was 48. something
1: new they found. Oh, I don't remember. It was like around the time that we were at UNC, and I remember him talking about getting a phone call about it. So he wow,
0: yeah. he just
1: is yeah, really really brilliant guy. Um, so he, uh, um, I can just tell you what the beginning of his class is like and how yeah. he structured it and all of that. But, um, the first day of his class, there's probably 200 students, 250 students in there. Um, he says, "Okay, stand up if you're a Christian." So I remember standing up (laughs) and and then he says, okay, stay standing if you think the Bible is the word of God and is like the authority in your life. And so a lot of people stay standing and then he says, okay, keep standing if you've read all of it. Mm -hmm. And the majority of people sit down. I don't really remember where I was at that point, Um, (laughs) if I remained standing or sat down. Um, But yeah, and then he, he like thinks it's really comical and then he starts teaching. So... Um, he, he says that his goal in the class, um, and I don't know if this is still true, but he said, most of you probably believe what you believe because that's what your parents told you. And so I want to make sure you have all of the objective um, resources and all of that to make a decision for yourself and um, that's reasonable and, and all of that. So he, he comes at it like, this is going to be really objective, um, but I would say it was not an objective class at all. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you <clears throat> take away your preconceived notions when you teach anything. Right. Um. Yeah. So.
2: Wow. So was it little by little as he presented stuff, you felt more and more threatened in your faith or what you believed, or
1: how did you um, feel? Yeah. He he definitely. Well, <clears throat> I can give you an example of some assignments that we were given. Like even my. My final exam essays, the prompts were, okay, tell me why the book of Acts is historically unreliable or oh. write about why Paul and Jesus advocated fundamentally different religions. So there, it was it's kind of like... loaded, yeah. yeah. Right, and yeah. like if I don't write why, the reasons that he's uh-huh. given me for uh-huh. the book of Acts being historically unreliable, then they am not going to get a good grade. They were objective prompts. <laughs> it's like right. that trap yeah. where
2: you ask someone, do you still beat your wife? Yes. <laughs> because either way, if you admit it, if yes. you say yes or say no, you, you yes. admit that you beat your wife at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: On yeah. Fridays, we had a, a recitation, which was just like, I'm sure a lot of you know what that is, but just a smaller class with a TA um, to do more interactive discussion with like 20 or so students. And one of my assignments was um, to debate on the affirmative that Paul and Jesus advocated different religions. And I remember one of my friends, her her assignment was to talk about the affirmative of um, why Paul was abusive to women or mm. just like, mm-hmm. yeah, very, it was a weird, and I had no resources to know. Right. Do I do this for the grade? Mm. Or, like, right. yeah, what do I? Yeah. So wow. even, even though I knew what I believed mm-hmm. by the end of that year, I could defend the total opposite wow. way mm-hmm. better. So that's where I found myself sitting in Chris's class.
0: Wow. Well, and I think that's, That is such a hard spot to be in because I think a lot for a lot of people, college is already without Mm -hmm. somebody you know academically challenging your faith, it's already a spot where you're like, Oh, okay, well, my faith is my own, Mm -hmm. I'm out from underneath my parents. So, a lot of people are already wrestling with that. I can't imagine, like, personally that would be really tough to then walk into a class where you're like, okay, now I'm learning how to, how to defend this other side of things. Um, So I guess from there, then you're at Chris in Chris's class. Mm -hmm. How did that, I guess, did that cause you to lose any faith or did you have Mm -hmm. to kind of go back to the drawing board, kind of reconstruct what you believed?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, one of our one of our big assignments in the forge was to write our own statement of faith. So, what we believe about the Bible, what we believe about who Jesus is, the Trinity, all of those things and we had to write a paper about each with like reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um and so <laughs> I remember like starting at the first one thinking I have one book to like look through, but I just every time I started to write something I could hear airmen in my head or just all the things I learned about mm-hmm. I had this mountain of information about the opposite and so it just felt like this yeah how do I how do I begin to sift through all of these things that I I never really I I did not feel like I wavered in I knew the god of the Bible I had a personal experience with him I think I was preserved by reading scripture growing up and knowing scripture but Bart Ehrman attacks the reliability of the Bible. And so I think what I needed answered was how do I, I I believe the Bible is true, but how do I know that? Mm -hmm. Because everything else follows. Um, if the Bible is true, then the God of the Bible is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. The Bible is, I, I can, you know, stake my life on that. Um, so I don't really remember the question you originally asked. <laughs> no, that was, good. <laughs>
0: that was really good. And so I, I guess, so I mean, what, what my main question uh-huh. was like, okay, kind of where you go from there as yeah. you're finding, or or at least establishing, okay, what is the faith that I believe, in light of what I've right. learned in this class, and then, so that was great. Kind of going back to the uh-huh. other side of things, Chris, when you when you have this conversation with Lainey and you hear, oh, I was in Bart Ehrman's class, and you have kind of a knowledge, a working knowledge of kind of where he's at. Mm-hmm. What what steps are you taking to help somebody be, like help them to reconstruct in a way? Are you giving them resources? Mm-hmm. Are you, you're like, I guess, what? where do you go next in that conversation?
2: Yep. Well, I always refer to back, I mean, it was maybe 10 years ago uh, when Ben Stewart was leading Breakaway uh, down in, at AM, he did a whole talk called, uh, I think it was called Has the Bible Been Corrupted? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you type that in, you can find that talk given at a church and some other spots. And he talked about Bart Ehrman. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the thing that's interesting, and this is where it's disappointing mm-hmm. uh, with Bart Ehrman because um, he is telling you the truth in that mm-hmm. we don't have the originals and we don't mm-hmm. have a copy of the copies. Mm-hmm. But he kind of, and, and he claims how many variants we have, how many differences mm-hmm. we have. We, we have 200,000 or something. Yeah, yeah, something well, 400,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we have more variants of text than we do have words in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so if you just leave it hanging at that, everybody panics. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. But what people don't know is, okay, what counts as a variant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, every time there's a difference between Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus that counts as a variant Mm -hmm. every time. Mm -hmm. And so you start going, is is that that big a deal? And we would go, no, that Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with anything we believe. But he stops and he doesn't tell you all those Mm -hmm. differences. Mm -hmm. That um, there's none that are meaningful to any theology that we Mm -hmm. hold. Um, And the fact that we have so many uh, copies and manuscripts is Mm -hmm. actually great. If you're a textual critic... The mm-hmm. Bible, more than any other book, is like this beautiful, huge collection of what anyone would ever want to go back to reconstruct the original. Mm-hmm. So the more copies we have actually helps us figure out um, you know, what, what the original said. Mm-hmm. But so that's where I feel it's a little sinister on his part yes. that he knows all yeah. this. And, and now there's, let me just go and pause, because there p- could be people listening that might have already freaked out By me saying, we we don't have the originals, Mm -hmm. we don't have copies of the copies, we don't have copies of the copies of the copies. Mm -hmm. And a big reason for that is, what the Bible was written on would basically be the consistency of a paper bag. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. is going to fade over time. Mm -hmm. And and so that's why you had people whose full-time job was to be a scribe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we can talk more about copies and things later. But that's where it just bothers me with him. Mm -hmm. um, Because he has a, he has an agenda he has mm. a a goal to undermine your faith i am all for what he said at the beginning mm-hmm. hey you've just been raised believing this so we want to give you the objective facts i'm like right but are you really going to give me all of right. the facts
0: right
2: mm-hmm. um, and he would
1: say every or all the major scholars for the most part agree with him
2: yeah see that would be where and it depends. And see, that's almost like, mm-hmm. it's like the word evolution. Like, mm-hmm. do you believe in evolution? Well, it's like, well, what do you mean, micro or macro? Mm-hmm. Like, what when you say scholars agree with you, on what parts Right. Like mm-hmm. They could agree How with. How do you define
3: yeah. scholar? And, right. Yeah, like right. Yeah. So
2: there's a, an interesting debate online with Daniel Wallace versus Bart mm-hmm. Ehrman. And mm-hmm. Daniel Wallace is the foremost expert right now. He's the one, I think I had sent you guys a link for the center For the study of New Testament manuscripts. Like, Mm -hmm. he is an expert. And I think Chris Legg had him as a teacher. Oh, wow. Um, It was really cool. Like, I was about to teach on um, reliability. And I just emailed him. I said, what's the most up-to-date number of manuscripts we have? And he replied. It was like a movie star. (laughs) It was like a movie star (laughs) acknowledging you or calling you by name. I was like, no way.
3: Uh, Did he write it or his secretary? (laughs) No, it was from him. It was
2: from him.
0: um, You screenshotted it and sent it to all your friends. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm so cool.
2: But... um, Anyways, if you just go to YouTube, there's... a Bible
3: nerd. (laughs) Right? Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But this is where people geek out. They really are scholars. Mm -hmm. Like, they get into all the details that Mm -hmm. most of us, it makes us yawn until we get challenged in our Mm -hmm. faith. And then you go, okay, we need to listen to these nerds Mm who do take time to count all these things Mm -hmm. and to explain, you know, textual criticism, which which you have to do for any ancient book. So anything that we have that's ancient, like Plato or Aristotle Mm -hmm. or... Um, I mean about those people or written by them or um, Homer's Iliad like all that stuff you have yes. to go back and say okay so what do we have and the Bible is like far, you know, far ahead of any of those things mm.
3: even far surpassed like ancient manuscripts of, of very um, accepted documents like Shakespeare right like yeah. anything
1: that no mm. one questions at all yeah people treat as history and right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah if the same textual criticism was applied to other books mm-hmm. we wouldn't yeah. Right. Yeah. We would discount everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the main thing with with textual criticism, the questions that you ask are, um, how many manuscripts do we have, which is a handwritten copy, mm-hmm. and then how close to the original is that copy that you had. Mm-hmm. So that's what you ask, and those are the two main questions that, if you're a textual critic, that's that's what you do. Yeah. So that's why they geek out because they're like, does this count? It's just a fraction. Like there's sometimes, mm-hmm. they literally have like a corner of a piece of something that they're like, I think this is part of whatever, but <laughs> um, but um they get excited about it. Yeah. So that's okay. what textual criticism is.
0: Okay. That's awesome. So kind of going back to other resources that might have been helpful mm-hmm. or things. I mean, because I know, Lainey, now mm-hmm. you, you still attend church. You're still a believer. Mm-hmm. Um Can you... Talk about maybe, some, I, I see you have a book in front of you, maybe yeah. some resources that have helped you or how maybe some of the, even though it was difficult walking through that mm-hmm. and go, and having to like deconstruct what you had learned, mm-hmm. it, even just like suppressing Bart Ehrman's yes. voice in your head, maybe how that's helped you in your faith as it's grown or how mm-hmm. you've even had conversations with other people who have been sure. know, dealing with difficulty in their faith.
1: Yeah. Um I don't remember when you gave me this Chris but it was soon after that first conversation we had. But oh, I um, gave you that. Well this is a different copy. Oh. I borrowed <laughs> yours and read it and give it back to you. Oh funny. But okay, then I great. bought
3: one.
0: <laughs> 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 um
1: but yeah I I read the book Truth Matters, Confident Faith in a Confusing World. I don't we can include it right? This Yeah yeah authors. and we'll, we'll put it I in don't the know show if I notes. But it, no that's off. great. No this. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah please do. And who's it by? <laughs> that's Oh you can Oh three people. I need to right, listen. One of them is a lot of
1: Andrew Kostenberger, Daryl Bra- <laughs> Bach, and, and Josh Chatra.
0: I'm sorry. Oh, I, no, I didn't okay. listen to it. you. You said you could Okay, yeah. but truth matters, truth matters is what truth you're saying. Truth matters, okay. yeah.
1: And it. I think one of these guys who wrote it had a daughter, somebody who took Airman's class. And so I think this oh. book was written, and it references Ehrman a lot and a lot mm-hmm. of the things he brings up in his class, but written for students who took um, his class mm-hmm. just to kind of go wow. through... All the things that he taught, and here are all the reasonable um yeah r- reasons that um we can believe the Bible is true, so do you have one
3: that stands out to you as like was a linchpin or like really encouraging yeah, um, to you
1: um I think the number of manuscripts thing, like actually understanding the the amount of manuscripts we have of the Bible and what the discrepancies are and how little they have to do with um our theology. Um, that was huge. Um, I, yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any others. Um, I think, and this, this might be a little unrelated. <laughs> um, so you can cut those goals. Uh, <laughs> but I remember, so Airman said at the beginning, Hey, I'm going to tell you at, at the end of class or at the end of the semester, my story of like what it, what really um, did me and what like made me change my mind on all of this. And what he came to was um, the problem of suffering. And so that was like, well, I can reconcile that with who I know God to be and Mm -hmm. what I know of scripture and my own experiences and suffering. And so I thought it was really interesting that it wasn't all of this academic research that was like the the last straw for him. It, It was suffering. And so Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, that was really interesting. That like, okay, you have all of this these resources that you're using to back this up, but really, it's suffering that that you can't. It mm-hmm. did. It yeah. For him. yeah, 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 yeah. Coulson, you asked a few more things, and I'm trying to remember. Well, then, where so uh, from Chris's <clears throat> class? Then, mm-hmm. what
3: was your journey like moving forward with that topic specifically? Yeah, or resources like you mentioned. Yes, truth matters.
1: Yeah, I am not really super skeptical and I'm not a big researcher. <laughs> so it really just took some, some men in my life, um, men of authority, great teachers, and then, um, books like Truth Matters, Systematic Theology. I watched some debates with Airmen and, um, Daniel yeah, I watched yeah. those, um, and sat with, uh, with Matt Lance through some of those and talked through, um, but I'm pretty simplistic just in the way I'm wired and the way that I think, not in like a simple-minded, I don't think I'm dumb, but (laughs) (laughs) like black and white thinker. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really just took like, okay, here are the reasons the Bible is true. Mm -hmm. That's all I need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I know some of my friends' journeys might have been a little bit longer Mm -hmm. um, and with leaving school to do the forge and then not actually going back to UNC after that. I don't know Mm -hmm. how a lot of that I wasn't doing life closely with a lot of those people. So, yeah. Um, And then
3: I think was your other question about like conversations with friends. Like, has this come up with any of
0: your, and I guess, I guess I'm just curious Mm -hmm. because I know, uh, I mean, I'm sure this happens everywhere, Mm -hmm. but you have kind of this uh, strong relationship that you build with people within, Mm -hmm. you know, you did the forge, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, an intensive kind of leadership discipleship, Mm -hmm. Thing. There are a lot of those kinds of things and a lot of those experiences across the nation and Then I've seen just some people within the, you know, who come off of one of those experiences and they have a big deconstruction to where it's like, okay, I don't believe this anymore. Mm-hmm. And their life is drastically different. And so I don't know if you have anybody that's like that, but if you've had any conversations with those people, because that that can be different or that can mm-hmm. be difficult because it's like, okay, but you know the truth, mm-hmm. And so i I guess that's that's where my yeah. mind goes in a lot of ways of like, okay, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of our listeners, if they're not dealing with deconstruction on their own, mm-hmm. um, are one, they're parents of, you know, people who they're like, mm-hmm. Okay, what if somebody deconstructs in my life? What if my children, right. you know, or myself, if I'm coming up with you know, if I'm, you know, coming up against these difficulties how am i going to have these conversations mm-hmm. and so i think it's beneficial to hear like okay how do how do in in reality how are we thinking through this and mm-hmm. conversing with people about this
2: and i think mm-hmm. it's important for everyone because just because you haven't doubted doesn't yeah. mean you won't yeah. or so won't right. run into it And in right. our as our culture gets increasingly more antagonistic you're going to hear more of these yeah mm-hmm. the first time i really heard it um I had to deal with it when I was on staff at a church in Georgia, mm-hmm. was when the Da Vinci Code came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the book had been out, but then the movie was coming out yes. and it, it brought to light all this stuff. And I do, I remember sitting in a Panera Bread uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. You call it a restaurant? Sure. Sitting in a Panera Bread, <laughs> listening to these, overhearing these ladies next to me at their table, like, did you hear about that new book? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to make fun of their Southern accent. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was all like, um, well, I just don't believe it. I'm just, I just have, and they really said something like, I just have faith. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I wanted to talk to them, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like I'd be coming across as kind of mansplaining. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just like, I don't want to have to, but mm-hmm. it really was no in my brain. I'm like, that's not the right way to face it. It's like, let's listen to what he says. And again, the The book itself is fiction, mm-hmm, um right. but he claims that it's all in the scholarship and and how the bible was you know had an agenda to hide who Mary Magdalene was, all this stuff which right. is it's it's a fun mm-hmm. uh, read as far as action and adventure mm-hmm. but it brought up a whole bunch of issues on can you trust the bible and right. so I think pleading faith, blind faith is not the way to go right just. You know, the other one is just subjective feelings. I just know, I read it, I just know. Mm-hmm. Because, and I was teaching the Forge last week on Mormonism, that that's, mm-hmm. that's what good Mormon missionaries will tell you. They'll give you a copy of the Book of Mormon and say, hey, James 1, five says, pray for wisdom. And so we invite you to pray and then to read the Book of Mormon. And if you're really sincere, you'll know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, well, and the reason that works for them is then if you, you don't know, then they can just say, well, you, apparently you weren't sincere enough. Yeah. Um. And then we've talked about it before, but arguing right. the Bible is the Bible is God's word because it says it's God's word. That doesn't mm-hmm. help either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think too, a lot of, you guys have talked about this on previous podcasts, but a lot of the, the people in my life that I see deconstructing and not not trying to reconstruct, well, I guess that's what I'm saying, is mm-hmm. is there there's not like a, hey, I want to have intellectual conversations about the reliability of scripture or... It's more of like this is what feels good to me and this is this is what I think is good. And so yeah, not not attempting to reconcile that with with what the Bible says. Mm. So I, I think'm I'm, I'm running into more of, okay, I just I just want to learn and ask you questions and and meet you where you are um, because most most of my experiences the, the people in my life have not, been interested in that that's not the linchpin that's that's Mm -hmm. keeping them from following jesus it's it's whatever yeah Mm -hmm. they're they're walking through and have decided is true for them right and Mm -hmm. i think
2: a lot of this goes back to stuff we've covered that Mm -hmm. it's not intellectual reasons Mm -hmm. at the end of the day Mm -hmm. with bart Ehrman, it's Uh it's an emotional struggle which Mm -hmm. we all can have Mm -hmm. right but is that a whole is that Mm -hmm. your reasoning is that a good reason to throw everything out mm -hmm. right yeah because again, when he doesn't tell you, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still camping on this, but there are differences in how we spell John.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: There's times when it says the Christ or just Christ. Mm-hmm. Like all of those small things, yeah. you just go, that, that's, that, yeah, that's a difference. Mm-hmm. It is clearly a difference. Right. Um, there's spelling differences like the way we spell honor and someone from mm-hmm. England spells honor, H-O-N-O-U-R. Mm-hmm. But you've got that in some of the texts. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, but it's the same word. You're making it sound like it's this huge thing. And then there's times when you just know that you can tell which one it is. One time Mm -hmm. Paul says, one version says, we were gentle among you. Mm -hmm. We were like, um, yeah, we were gentle among you. And then one says, we were like horses among you. (laughs) And it's like, I think that's a typo or a (laughs) (laughs) miscopy. And we know that he said we were gentle among you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then there's other ones that really are, there are, this is so funny because Ben Stewart mentions this in his talk that mm. the whole um, the number of the beast in the book of Revelation mm, is it yeah. six 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 and you've got all these '80s hair bands with you yeah. know that's like all about their thing and there got are tattoos. right people. there are copies of some manuscripts that say six one six right mm. and you just go what yeah. but that yeah. that doesn't affect anything mm-hmm. meaningful about our faith
1: right even the bigger ones yeah there w- there was one that um Ehrman talked about I, I think it's in the Gospels, and then maybe yeah maybe somewhere in the epistles it it's uh with the feeding of the five thousand they talk about the the priest during the time, and they're like one of them says Ananias, and one of them says, i'm getting the names wrong, but another Caiaphas, yeah. yeah um priest starting with an a um but to know like okay the importance of of like chronological and time and just the way we look at things is so different now than the way they wrote about things. And um, those those two priests were residing around the same, like pretty contemporary of each other. And you know how we talk about like President Bush, we still call him President Bush. He's not uh-huh. the current president. Just mm, yeah. even the ones mm. that they would have, you you know, think are bigger. Yeah. Really, they're reasonable answers for why they are the way they are. Right. And, and when, it- when you look at the number of them, Compared to how many manuscripts there are, there, right. there there, really isn't an argument here, I don't right, think, right. when you mm. know the full picture.
2: Well, yeah. with that story, it'd be like me going, are you sure it's exactly 5,000 people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you positive? Did they count every... You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, what if it was 5,003? Like, mm-hmm. it's that has nothing to do with any of the reliability of the Bible, because right. we round we ran numbers up all the time, doesn't but also... It doesn't change the context. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change who Jesus is. Yeah. But count it as a variant, like you can mm-hmm. count, yeah. that as, but it doesn't change the, so like it's something like 95 point something percent mm-hmm. of them have no bearing on anything. And then the other ones are, here's reasons why we think it's actually more reliable to believe this and stuff. But there's no essential Christian mm-hmm. truth that, um, that's affected by that. Yeah. Which almost sounds like God had a message that he wants to make sure gets passed on to us. Yeah, Seems that way. you know, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I would like Yeah, a crazy concept. It's yeah. amazing.
0: Um, okay, well, I guess coming going from from this conversation, then, if we have people who are listening um, today mm-hmm. and who have maybe gone through some academic study, uh, whether it's of their own or for you know have gone through something in college, and they haven't, they're, they're still in the spot of like, okay. How do I, how do I practically kind of, whether it's reading a book to kind of defeat, or not not defeat, but like give me reasonable things. You know, we mentioned this book, Chris, do you have any other resources or mm-hmm. practical tips of like, Hey, don't live in this. Like, it's good to, it's good to challenge things. It's good to think critically of what you believe. Um, but then continue thinking, don't just, don't just live in that. Well, I guess it's wrong. Right. You know, when, when you're met with that.
2: Yep. There are so many venues. So we've already mentioned you can listen to a talk. You can actually uh-huh. watch the talk of Ben Stewart, as bubble been corru- corrupted. Um, if you really want to geek out, you can watch the Bart Ehrman Daniel Wallace debate, which is two hours. I'm looking on here. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's over two hours long.
0: Well it can just be one hour if and you listen then, to it, you listen to it at two times speed.
2: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> this one says three. I don't know how long it went, but so you can do that. Um, there's the book Truth Matters that she mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um there's an updated version of Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell, and his son Sean McDowell weighs in. And okay, so that's all been updated. Um, there is the website that I mentioned that you can go to. Um, it's Daniel Wallace's whole thing, and he's probably one of the best experts today, but it's the Center for the Study of New Testament Manuscripts. Um, is really, really good. It's C-S-N-T-M. So it's all of those, yeah, csn.org. And then even, I think, a really helpful just short article that Mm -hmm. summarizes this, it gives you a quick snapshot. Mm -hmm. Um, Stand to Reason is one of my favorite apologetics uh, ministries. And if you just go to their um, search engine and type misquoting Jesus, he has an article that addresses Bart Ehrman and explains even the number of manuscripts, gives a really helpful illustration of if you have this old recipe in your family of Aunt Sally's secret sauce and mm-hmm. all the children copy it down, but then you lose her original and then they make copies like how do you how would you go back and you just it's a really practical um easy to grasp article um that just gets to the mm-hmm. kind of the meat of this is the way you need to think about it so that's a really helpful one too so those are all different venues on how mm-hmm. you different learning styles I think that you've mm-hmm. got plenty of resources there
0: that's great yeah. yeah wonderful. Is there anything else you want to add to this?
3: Um, I My last question, and I think you covered most of this, but just in summary, because as we walk with, uh, not only addressing doubt in ourselves, but as we walk with others, what are helpful, what were helpful behaviors, questions, like interactions that people had with you as you were wrestling through mm-hmm. doubt, just for parents or friends, or as we are acknowledging that we all have doubts, it's good to push into those and not just um, ignore them, but mm-hmm. I know often even for like parents of or friends of, um, of individuals that are wrestling with doubt, it's easy to react and be afraid that they're wrestling with doubt. So, what mm-hmm. would you say was like helpful or just encouragement?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think definitely asking good questions and listening and um, meeting people where they are, obviously. But, um, I think the the most helpful thing for me was was being told there are resources there yeah. are answers to these questions um and yeah yeah just knowing that um hmm, there i guess the, the arguments that are out there um for the unreliability of scripture jesus doesn't claim to be god whatever whatever people are saying um there is just as much evidence for the opposite that that even stands up better than than what you're being told and um yeah, I think in the midst of walking through this, continuing to talk to the Lord, continuing mm. to mm. to be in scripture um and just just having conversations in general, like not not um just stewing on on mm. my doubts, but talking about them and facing them um, and and remembering that. The God of the Bible is not afraid of our doubts, um, yeah. and and welcomes them, and um, yeah, yeah, just walking through it with them, yeah.
2: which can be scary because mm-hmm. we've said this before. If you come across some teaching or even a part of the Scripture that looks like a contradiction, or what what's scary is you think it's scary for you because it's the first time you've thought about it right. or the first time you've heard someone attack Scripture if you've been sheltered or haven't even thought about it yourself. But it's not the first time anyone's ever thought right. about this. And that's where keeping it to yourself can be dangerous uh-huh. versus you just have this going same like, resource. oh my goodness, I'm not <laughs> yeah. the only one or the, somebody's already answered this mm-hmm. and there's whole books and you know that you can go to mm-hmm. so to not, not freak out but still right. be willing. And I think the big challenge is be willing to get a little nerdy, to get a little yes. geeky and just to go, <laughs> yes. well, let's talk about this stuff because the, these numbers really do matter and these scholars really... Know what they're talking about, and so we should listen to what they say.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at infosouthspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God search for answers.